Welcome to the Agile Strategy Lab podcast, where we explore what it means to view your organization, your company, or your community through the lens of agility to create a strategy that works in a rapidly changing world. I'm Liz Nilsson, the Associate Director of the Lab at the University of North Alabama. Today's episode, produced in partnership with the Strategic Doing Institute, is number 27. Many of us have grandparents or great-grandparents with stories to tell from the Great Depression and the Second World War. Saving tinfoil, making a birthday cake when they didn't have ration coupons for sugar and eggs, having to give up the pleasures of the Sunday drive because gasoline was too precious to be used frivolously. What will young people remember from 2020 and 2021 Social scientists are already exploring how the pandemic has changed their perspectives on family, friendships, and planning for the future. They will undoubtedly be telling grandchildren their own anecdotes in 50 years. Organizations as well have been changed. Nonprofit organizations have in some ways been needed more than ever, yet at the same time we're faced with exceptional challenges, especially around finances and fundraising. Traditional ways of raising money were an early casualty of the pandemic. As we cautiously look toward a more stable and prosperous environment, we can begin to listen to the stories of what happened during this time and how people and organizations have survived and even thrived. What skills did they draw on and what can we learn from them? In this episode, we're returning to the conversation that I had with Kathy Hagler of K2OH Solutions. If you didn't catch the last episode, I hope you'll make time for it. Kathy has combined several of the tools she's learned over her career, including a deep grounding in the work of Edward Deming and Peter Drucker. Their fields of operation, as it were, were quite different. Each became revered for their work, Deming's in manufacturing and quality management, and Drucker in nonprofit and non-governmental organizations. Kathy leverages their ideas by adding the discipline of strategic doing so that she can comprehensively address the needs of the organizations she's working with. As she and I talked, she made the conceptual very practical by sharing a case study of one nonprofit organization and how she's used all three tool sets to help them weather at this remarkable time. The first, um, the first piece of strategic doing is what could we do? And I link that back to the, the dimming philosophy of uh, create constancy of purpose to improve products and services. And again, if you notice, he was really creating this about the workplace. And so what I took that to mean was what could we do is basically, what is our vision? You know, where are we headed? which really looked to me like part of our strategic planning work that I learned with Dr. Drucker, but where are we headed? So in strategic doing terminology, what could we do? Um, looked, looked more at the vision and, at the vision and mission. And, and I loved the fact that the first, first thing that you do in strategic doing is say, what would it look like if? And so that was, became really a wonderful way to begin to do visioning for me because in an organization you could say what would it look like if we could be well I'll use big brothers big sisters that I've done some quite a bit of work with recently using both 
strategic doing and um, the organizations of character and also assessing their culture. So we started out, what would it look like if? And what would it look like if in terms of uh, constancy of purpose was they said, well, our big purpose is to serve littles, to serve kids. And so what, what would it look like if we increase the number of kids that we were able to serve and we began to serve the whole state of Idaho because they were only serving Boise. And so that we had enough bigs to actually mentor the little. So what would it look like if we expanded to serve the whole state of Idaho? So they maintained their constancy of purpose, but at the same time they created their vision that they would like to move forward in that area. And so in order to do that, they knew that they had to adopt the new philosophy. Well, Deming's new philosophy basically says that in order to do something like that, you have to look at the way work is done. And when you look at the way work is done, you have to look at the way that you reduce waste, that you reduced, that you reduce things that take too much time, but that you do the very best you could to improve the work and also that you get management involved. So what we did at that point was to then take his 14th point was to say, create a structure, this is the 14th point, which is create a structure in top management that pushes every day on that vision. You know, what would it look like if? And so what we did at, in uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters is we decided that we would uh, have the was brand new CEO and a brand new board chair to every day say, what would it look like if we built a, a, a Big Brothers Big Sisters so that children in Idaho statewide could have an opportunity to follow this philosophy or our, new, our mission. So starting with that, that's how we started. And then what should we do, which is Dimming's uh, which is the second point of strategic doing. That helped us actually look at the, the key performance indicators of what, um, the, what, the, what the Big Brothers Big Sisters was. And he had three things there. And he said this once his, his points were cease dependence on mass inspection in the practice of awarding business and constantly forever improve the systems. So I had to translate those were manufacturing terms. So I had to translate that into what did that mean for KPIs or key performance indicators on what should we do, which is what I think that uh, strategic doing wants to know, what really should we do? And one is we want to capture the market. That's what that meant. How can we best capture the market? How can we provide more bigs and littles, more jobs, more mentoring? And how can we improve our productivity? And how can we stay in business? When I went there, they were they were actually uh, almost in receivership. So they were going out of business. So, so we looked at the key performance indicators based on Deming's three points of what should we do. And then we said, well, okay, but based on all that, uh, what are our assets? So we went to the second piece of strategic doing, which was let's define what we've got here. So we had a team of people that volunteered that said, we wanna make this happen. We want to say, you know, what, 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 would it, what would it look like if, and what are the assets that we have on this team? So we began to 
define the assets that we had on the team. We defined the assets that we had on the team and we found the kinds of things that we had currently on the team. And then we looked at how do those assets then measure the processes that we work on. And we chose, we looked at what opportunities do we have to improve the work and so we said, what are the possibilities? What are the opportunities we could have with these assets in place? Knowing that they didn't have some of the assets they needed, but they had some assets. So what are the assets that they had? What opportunities could we use? And they created their Big Easy. And so uh, their Big Easy was how do we break down barriers between departments, and how, which is a dimming point? And how do we eliminate numerical goals and actually look at how the work gets done? And so what they did was they decided on two big easies. And they decided that one is that the barriers between the departments really had to do with the board was running the organization, which is not the way it needed to be. The organization needed to run the organization. The board needed to go out and do fundraising. So we revised the roles of the organization. We trained the board first. So that became the big easy. The big easy was to train the board so that they understood their role and responsibility, which, and because they weren't feeling very good about it anyway, because they were trying to run the organization and the CEO was just sitting there. And so the big easy was to train the board and also to train the staff actually to do the work and to train the CEO to be a CEO. So we looked at roles and responsibilities and that was the first big easy. Um, and then we developed 30 day action plans to actually do that. And we used all of Dimming's points to do that, which is break down the barriers so that we we, we set up how the, how the board worked with the um, Worked, worked with the, how the board worked with the staff. They eliminated numerical goals and they say, let's particularly look at what works here. So every 30 days they report it out. And then, then, then what I did was after we had that big easy, what we found was that the, the next big easy that we needed to take on in order to, to do the state was the, the culture was really pretty well broken because they had hired, they had fired four CEOs in six years and people were really afraid. So the drive out fear thing. So we, we pumped back up to the culture thing of drive out fear. And we, we did a culture survey on what was actually people were feeling. We looked at people's constructive behaviors. And what we basically found with Big Brothers Big Sisters was that the team was basically passive, the staff, because they were scared, you know. They didn't know what, they were scared. They were hiding over in the corner. And the board was aggressive because they were trying to, they were trying to make the organization work. So the, the, the staff was hiding in the corner and the board was trying to run the organization. Neither of those worked. So we continued with the Big Easy until we were able to do that. And as a result of that, um, we have continued, then we created a strategic plan, which basically said, okay, once we do that, what? let's go back and look at another strategic doing team. So we started teams over, we kept removing. So it's the, the team aspect of strategic doing is really a spiral. 
you know, once you finish one project, then you go to the next project. So then we found that the next project was that we needed to do work with the bigs. And so we started the same process. What are the assets we had? And we found out that we didn't have any bigs on the teams. So we asked for volunteers for bigs to begin to support. How could we do that? Well, about that time is when the pandemic hit. Pooing. So then the bigs could no longer get together with the littles. Okay, in person. So then we had to start a team. We, we spiraled back up and we started about, we kept what, what, what would we look like if we kept that vision, but we kept moving then, what would it look like if we tried to do this in the middle of a pandemic? And so we set goals in the strategic plan and each of those goals became strategic doing teams. And then each of those strategic doing teams took their process to the next level. Um, the most exciting one was, um, how do we continue to survive financially if we don't, we can't have any fundraisers, we can't do anything because of the fact that we can't get together. Well, we thought it would last like a week. Well, then we thought it was like a month. And then we thought it was like two months. So the, it was amazing because the board team on finance realized that their role they, they had a, we had a board team on finance. We realized that their role was fundraising and that during the pandemic, they couldn't just say, we're not going to do it because their overall goal was to their, what would it look like if was to take on the state. So they said, so we're going to continue with what would it look like if in the vision and mission, which is constancy of purpose, Deming's constancy of purpose and the board chair and the CEO kept going to Deming's 14th point, which was saying it all the time, saying it more, saying it more often. And so what they did is they said, well, why don't we do this online? So they were the first one actually in Boise, in Idaho, to do a virtual um, fundraiser. And because they were the first one and because the people that said they would do it, they offered to do it for free. And so it didn't cost anything for us to do a virtual fundraiser. We were twice as much money as we ever had in person. And people started giving, they got behind it, the board got excited. They, it, it just completely turned away, the, turned around the way we made money. So um, we're doing another one, it's next week. And uh, actually not next week, it's, it's May 6th, it's three weeks away. But uh, it's just, people are so excited. They were like thinking, why didn't we do this before? You know, we didn't have to rent a hotel. We don't have to provide food, but we have everybody have food. We have every, so we have little, little groups of people. We have meeting rooms. We're using mural so that we use meeting rooms to have people talk about what they're doing. So it's a really amazing fundraiser that we have. And that was one of the 3030s that we were. So what I see is that strategic doing has really has really given Dr. Deming's 14 points legs. And I think that it gave them legs because it followed the model of continuing to look at the work, but continuing to look at the work with the people you have on board. And if the work becomes, if, if the assets aren't there, and what you need to do to go to the next step to reach the, what would it look like if, or the vision, 
then what you do is you ask for more volunteers and you expand you expand your in your enrollment on your strategic doing teams so that's the process that we've been using and um, what i found is that using it with the culture assessment so the people left the passive culture process the board is no longer aggressive but everyone is constructive which means they're all working together using strategic doing teams to get the work done and so what i found in this case study is that by combining strategic doing work in teams with the vision or constancy of purpose looking at what are the metrics, which are the metrics are those things that have to be in place in order to do it. That's what should we do. And then we measure against what should we do all along. And then what will we do are those processes that we take on as big easies. And we and then we use the spiral to maintain them. So my, my philosophy is that strategic doing works. It works, especially in organizations where you combine it with um, the culture of the organization and you're creating an organization of character and you're improving trust, respect, responsibility, fairness, caring, and community. It's really interesting. So I, I was thinking as you were telling that story about um, that, that you use strategic doing in a couple different kinds of contexts, right? That the first one was kind of um, sort of crisis management in a lot of ways, that is a, it's, it's a different kind of thing than what we often get involved in because it's very, you know, it's very constrained. You're not having a conversation about, isn't this a wonderful time? We have all these opportunities out here and we get to choose from this whole sort of universe of things that we could do. It's, it's this very tight sort of, how are we going to survive right now because things are broken? Right. And that is, a, that, that's one way in which strategic doing got used. But then once you got past that sort of crisis point, then you were able to sort of take a more sort of open, divergent look and say, okay, okay, we've, we've sort of sorted out that immediate, you know, we're not gonna shut our doors tomorrow. Now, you know, what would it look like if Big Brothers Big Sisters was, was serving the whole state and we had, you know, enough bigs to make that work? And I think in a way, well, Liz, I think you're right. I think we used it in the beginning as our, um, our big easy to survive. But the, I think that the, the, um, the answer to what, could, what, uh, what would it look like if was more community building for the state. So I think our overall direction of the way we used it was more like it's used normally in Oregon, you know, as you work in communities. What would it look like if kids in Idaho could all have a mentor when they needed one? So I feel like our overall focus was to, um, to, to really focus on the community, which was um, one of, you know, a big point of dimming was to focus on the community and the community work. But in the, in the short run, we had, to get, we had to keep the doors open. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about what we do at the lab, check out our website at agilestrategylab.org. You can email us through that website. Just look for the Contact Us button. If you'd like to explore strategic doing, the website is strategicdoing.net. See you next time.